please consider becoming a patron of That Taxi Podcast through Podbean. We've got exclusive content and cool swag for you. Here are some of the testimonials from satisfied patrons. I became a patron on Podbean and won the Powerball and the Mega Millions and the Irish Sweepstakes. I became a patron on Podbean and I got great news from Mari Povich. You are not the father. I became a patron on Podbean and it was the biggest contribution, the best contribution ever made. And then you idiots elected me as your president. Like I became a patron on Podbean and solved the mystery of the missing stickers. And I got some weed. And I got Scooby Snacks. Results not typical. Results not likely. Consult your doctor before joining patrons. Tell your doctor if you are pregnant or plan to become pregnant. Other common side effects may include uncontrollable laughter. Explosive diarrhea. Feelings of superiority. Perpetual dizziness. Rare but possible side effects may include spontaneous combustion. Spontaneous erection. Spontaneous paralysis. Spontaneous spontaneity. Spontaneous death. 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 And impulsiveness. See your doctor if your erection lasts more than four weeks. You mean four hours? Four weeks! <laughs> In today's episode of That Taxi Podcast. So she talked me into taking her back up toward the last gas station we had passed. As she's getting out, I go to unload her bags and put it on the sidewalk. She comes back and says, who told you to take my bags out? I said, look, I brought you here for free. Your ride is done. She goes, I didn't say it was done. I said, <laughs> I told her, you don't have to say it's done. I say when it's done. Because I know what, what it's like. Like, I, you know, I gave birth to three kids. Yeah. So it's like they put a doctor in there and they put a nurse in there and like, these are your people. Mm -hmm. And I would literally be like, you're not my nurse. Like, yeah, go get yeah. me a new nurse because you're yep. a bitch and I'm just good. <laughs> Most people don't and even I know think, they can do that. You know, so we came into the coffee shop and I was talking to a couple of other customers. And so I was trying to explain to them what was going on and I'm the only person working. So I was like, can you just give me a few seconds? Like, um, and I'll be with you in a minute. He's like, no, fuck you. And I was <laughs> like, okay, zero to 100. All yep. right, we can, let's do this. Welcome to That Taxi Podcast. I'm Thomas. And I'm Taxi David, author of Too Much to Handle, a series of hilarious cartoons of all the crazy things that happen in and around my taxi. Thanks for jumping into our cab for a ride along. Yeah, we've been driving taxi for years and we love to talk about work. You mean bitch about work. Yeah, okay, that's true. Everybody does bitch about work. We know you'll find this entertaining. Sure will, because we have a unique point of view as nighttime taxi drivers. That Taxi Podcast drops every Wednesday on Spotify and wherever else you get this podcast. Uh, Thomas, I think you mean to say wherever you get your podcast. No, Einstein. I mean wherever they get this podcast. I don't care where they get their <laughs> other podcasts. <laughs> okay, okay, yes. Uh, okay, well, let's go. Up we go. I'm just a kid who's four. Each day I grow some more. I like exploring. I'm Caillou. So many things to do. Each day is something new. I'll share them with you. I'm Caillou. Never smoke weed with me again. Party's all over before it begins. You pour me a shot of old whiskey, my friend. I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. Is that about Willie Nelson? It is. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Sung by Toby Keith. Okay. Rest in peace, Toby Keith. Oh. R.I.P. Yes, he died. Was it today? Uh, it was last week. Okay. Stomach cancer. Uh, how old was he? He's pretty young. I think he's actually younger than I am. 
You're 69. I will be 60. 60. Okay. Wow, you you gave him an old decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was rough. Yeah. His mom likes it. <laughs> <It's> rough. <laughs> well, hello there, David. Hello. And young lady. Who is this young lady we have with oh, us? She's naked. What's? Yes! Oh my God. <laughs> We're editing that. <laughs> oh God. Uh. Hi, young lady. What's your name? Hi, I'm Christina. Christina is with us today. Yes. yes. So um, we're going to get to uh, Christina and what she's into and what she does and all about what you're her. Into? Oh, we're not going to get that person. Thomas. So we had a, a pregame. It went a little longer than usual. So Thomas His may have had went longer more. Than usual, not ours. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Thomas, real quick, how was your uh, week? How were you? Oh, my week was very interesting. I didn't get to see you at all on Super Bowl Sunday, which That's was right, yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What? Uh, anything interesting other than just staying home and watching? I did have a uh, call from up north, from across the border. She okay. had crossed the border. I picked her up at the McDonald's up there, and she had three very large bags, and one weighed over a hundred pounds. Oh, but she was there a person inside. She wanted to go to right. the rest stop on I-5. Get. Right. A rest stop? Yes. And I wasn't going to question her on it. I thought maybe she had someone coming to pick her up. Sure, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we get there. I pull up and I say, okay, here we are. And she goes, where's the lobby? And I'm like, of the, the lobby? There's no lobby. This is a rest area. You know, you, you can go to the bathroom or you can go sit on that concrete bench over there. And look at the information. Right. And she goes... Well, when I looked it up online, there was a lobby. And I said, no, probably not. So she talked me into taking her back up toward the last gas station we had passed. And I was going to drop her off there. As she's getting out, I go to unload her bags and put it on the sidewalk. Cause, you know, I didn't know what her plan was. And it was obviously she was not well aware of what was going on. She goes in to ask them if she could wait inside. And they told her no. Right. She comes back and says, who told you to take my bags out? I said, look, you prepaid $45. That was enough to get you to the rest area. I brought you here for free. Your ride is done. She goes, I didn't say it was done. I said, <laughs> I told her, you don't have to say it's done. I say when it's done. So there was a guy who was listening to all this. and He goes, I'll take her to the truck stop down the road. And she agreed to get in with him and go. Uh-huh. Some stranger. Yeah, some stranger. Well, she had even said before, oh, I told her, you need to have a yeah. plan in place before you call a cab. And, and cross the border right, and she all goes, that. A plan for what? Getting raped? And okay. I'm like, okay, lady. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're you weird down here. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah that's Yikes. what I'm like. Open her a little bit now. That was my adventure the other morning. I, I was going to say, I didn't really, couldn't really think of anything that I had. But I was sitting actually right here. And there was, looked like him, but it wasn't. And he walks around this side to come to my window. And I'm like. I was shaking my head. And so he walked back in front and he opens up his coat and he pulls out this gallon of Crown Royal. <laughs> gallon bottle of Crown Royal. Going, like to trade you for a so ride? Maybe or? buy it. Oh, no, he didn't need a ride. He wanted okay. money. Yeah, he was yeah. he was going to sell it to okay. me. And uh, obviously it was stolen from somewhere. And I thought... Well, he was to trying to get consensual. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he was working towards consent. You're a good looking guy. I want he a couple like, sips. Hey, uh... <laughs> Yeah. I have been solicited before. Well, 
plenty of times. I think both of us have. I've never had. Yeah, yeah, for sure you have. <laughs> We're not uh, going to comment. Yeah. <laughs> Stole us in the last week. So how was, how was your week, Christine? Anything interesting, exciting? Uh, my week was, was interesting, but, you know, mm-hmm. death in the family. Oh, okay. And, I'm sorry. Um, thank you. Yeah, you know, it just, grief is, is interesting because you navigate it, but it kind of does its thing and you just kind of have to wait it out. But I had canceled a lot of plans and I decided, you know, like to try to keep doing normal things. And um, so I, I did, I went to this uh, estimate appointment from a cleaning business mm-hmm. and the lady happened to be the funniest lady I've ever Perfect. met in my life. And yeah. I was like, she's literally an angel because I could not stop laughing. And it was only supposed to be like a 15 to 20 minute appointment and I ended up staying for like two and a half hours and we just laughed. Do you think maybe she was just funny because of where you were? No, um, it's hard to find people that are funnier than me. <laughs> okay. All right. So she was really, I mean, it's the trauma, you know what I'm saying? Sure. It's not, it's not, it's not me necessarily. It's, it's like learning cool. how to it's cope, how with, cope with, with, with a lot of things. And, and she was so funny. And I did, I asked her, I was like, like, what kind of drama have you been through? Because oh, sure. you're fucking hilarious. Yeah. She was like, oh girl. And I was like, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. You know, in the movie industry, if you they say if you want to have a party, don't invite comedians because they are the most dark, hurt, angry people. And that's oh, why yeah. they're funny. They know how yeah. to touch that part of people. You know, uh, I mean, metaphorically. So yeah, humor <laughs> is a is a big coping mechanism for for some people. It is, you yeah. know, and I feel like it masks a lot of darkness. I knew like when I started my healing journey. Um, about two years into therapy and I almost quit because I was like, I'm not funny anymore. Like, I mm. feel like, cause I was trying so hard to, to really address the issues that yeah. I was making fun of. Right. And then once I got to this point, like, okay, well now I'm not funny anymore. Like, I don't feel like we're, we're kind of trauma bonding to yeah. our humor. That, well, that, that's a nice segue into why you're here. Um, initially it's because you have a music video coming out. Yes. We're, we're not quite to Valentine's Day at the day of this recording, but in, on Valentine's Day, she has a new uh, video coming out. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, also, uh, a big part of your life is advocacy. Yes. So tell me, us, everyone in the whole wide world. All 65 of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, what are you involved in? What is, uh, what's that all about? Well, advocacy for me is it's more of a mindset. It's more of a, a way of life. It's being able to sit with people in places and spaces that you've had to learn how to sit with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's being able to be a voice for somebody who can't advocate for themselves. Right. They, they're not really sure what to do. They're not really sure the steps to take and whatever it is that they're experiencing. And um, they, they always say, you know, to be who you needed. Be who you needed when you, you were needed. in those places. Yeah. yeah. And for me, Ever since I was about 14 or 15, after my own experiences in life, I've been advocating for children and, um, you know, survivors of sexual assault. And so it's, it's always been a person. Like, yeah. it's always been a part of, of who I am. And I think it was really difficult for me for other people to try to, like, steer me in a different direction and be like, you know, you need to stop thinking about the past. But for me, it was a roadmap into somebody else's healing journey as well so it was more of like taking all that darkness and being able to create a map for others to get out 
how did you get here as an advocate? How did you become an advocate? So I became an advocate through my own experiences um, in the community, you know, without actually having that title or that training. This is just who I was, this is what Mm -hmm. I was already doing, kind of vigilante type work, Mm -hmm. you know, behind the scenes. Um, And then I decided, you know, like I've been dealing with my own stuff and I've never really reached out too far from help with my own self and I did I went down to domestic violence and sexual assault services and I just one day was just in a crisis about everything Mm -hmm. and I just like was like this is it you know like I need to just tell somebody something but I felt like counselor after counselor like I just wasn't able to find somebody who had been through so much that they were able to help me navigate what I was going so when I found an advocate and just kind of talked about all the experiences that I was experiencing and the way that I was, like, advocating for the people that had done me wrong, mm. she literally was like, you are just a natural-born advocate. Mm-hmm. Like, you're able to see everything that they're doing, and you're able to see where it's coming from. Like, oh. You're able to help people unpack things. Sure. And so from there, I kind of, like, had this idea that I had no idea where I was going to go with yeah. it. You know, I, I know I'm going to help them. And I, and I went through some law enforcement steps. Um, you thought about being in law enforcement. Yes. Yeah. I quit smoking weed for a long time. And they can't ask you that anymore. It's a law that changed <laughs> as a cop. Um, well, as a cop. If you're on your off time, whether you drink or smoke weed, they're not allowed to tell you you can't. That's a new law. Hmm. Yeah. Would that have changed things? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm yes, just kidding. Because I, I think, I mean, a lot of reasons changed why I decided not to be a police officer. Yeah. One was definitely weed, and the other was just the simple fact that I could do more for people on such a broader scale, mm-hmm. not being a police officer. An officer is just being an, an advocate. Thing. Yeah, so an being an advocate, I'm actually. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, as an advocate, I mean, on my off hours, if you catch me in the bread aisle, like, you want to go like yeah throw hands but as a police officer you know i can't you know there's just so many more stipulations yeah yeah restrictions 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 and me having to you know defend myself so many times and i just don't feel like that would be a more safe job for me than what i'm doing right so what kind of advocacy work do you do right now i would say i'm mainly more of a sexual assault advocate okay Um, I do work with domestic violence. Um, I love to focus on medical advocacy. So for veterans, you know, suicidal veterans and and people experiencing strokes and things like that. Mm -hmm. Me not feeling like they're getting the support that they need and me being able to show up as a medical advocate and say, excuse me, but I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And this is my client now and blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, oh no, they have an advocate who's in here that's going to enforce me making sure that they get treated. You mentioned medical advocacy in it, and it's surprising to see how many people are not able to speak for themselves because you, especially in the medical world, you just trust the doctor knows what he's talking about or the nurses know what what they're talking about. It took our youngest, my former spouse and our youngest son's medical issues to realize you can fire a doctor. You can say, you're not going to be the doctor anymore. We're going to find somebody else who will listen sure. to what we're asking for, you know, yeah. and, and even nurses, if you're in the ER and someone isn't doing right by you, not just not giving you what you need, but doing right by you, you can say, I need another nurse or I need another emergency room doctor. And 
they meet with pushback because there's no one there to stick up for them saying this person has the right for that, you know, so stop badgering them. But you mentioned house cleaning. So Mm -hmm. if you're working with somebody, they may deal with an issue and you end up helping them in that aspect as well. I've um, been cleaning for a really long time. And yeah, I take a lot of time with my clients to get to know them. Um, I am a veteran focused business and their mental health is, is really important. I feel like they played a vital role in my healing journey because I've struggled with a lot of PTSD. I felt like I, my safe space was more with veterans who had experienced PTSD. And so Mm -hmm. they were able to help me navigate it as well as not trigger it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt like, wow, if I could bring the same safe space that I've created in this community to other survivors, like what kind of amazing outcome could we bring? And that kind of, you know, I'll kind of lead into doing domestic violence cleans, um, as well. So like say somebody, so say somebody has experienced a lot of domestic violence, um, and they have left the situation they're now you know, a parent of children and they're trying to get their mental health stable and they're just really trying to figure out who they are and their autonomy and they're just so much pressure and so much mental abuse that it's really difficult for them to do the tasks as such as cleaning your house like really honestly what they're trying to do at that point is to be a mom and to um you know, make it to work so Mm -hmm. they can afford stuff for their kids. And then when they get home, that cape drops and everything is just like, this is just, is the reality of it. Mm -hmm. And so being able to have Whatcom City's in, I could make a post or or have veterans that come out there and clean these children's and moms' houses. Mm -hmm. And for the children to see these men coming in and doing these good things in a good mood and very like happy to help. And for the woman to see, a man like actually there to support her and to see community and to see people building with each other and for it not to be all over the internet that their house is, you know what I'm saying? Like we're mm, not sure. posting everything. Like it's very, very discreet. Yeah. Um, and to be able to see that and, and to have the kids come out of the room, you know, after everything is clean and be like, Oh my gosh, it's a whole nother house. And yeah. to just know that for the rest of their life, they're going to have that experience. Yeah. Um, and it's going to, you know, eventually overshadow the things that they've been through. Yeah. Your space, if it's cluttered and messy, is somewhat of a representation of your mind or vice versa. One influences the other. And you can be in a very cluttered place in your mind. And if your space is cluttered, it's really hard to pull yourself out of it because everything around you is that way. So, yeah, I can see how just cleaning an apartment, just being in a place where the kitchen and the bathrooms are clean is helpful and healthy. Represents a fresh start. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's kind of what it is for us. It's, it's a lot of fresh start. Somebody in the community will come to me and be like, "Hey, this situation is happening." I told them about your services, and I'll go and I'll sit and I'll have a conversation and I'll figure out like where they are because I, you know I don't want us to just be coming in and cleaning your house, you know, every six months. Sure. You know, right. like I want yeah. I want to talk with you and be like, okay, do you need an advocate? Do you need somebody that can come in and and talk to you, you know, face to face, you need somebody to help you through the process. You need somebody to help you find, you know, those resources and and things that you need. Um, or are you just like, you, you have those resources and you're ready for a fresh start and this is what it is. And, And most of the time when people are already reaching out, it's because they have already, 
they've already made that decision that mm-hmm. like and it was a big I'm step focusing to reach out. on my mental health, yeah. and it's very—it's a huge decision to yeah. let somebody come in and see it's that. Brave, brave decision because you are stepping out of your comfort zone. It's incredibly brave yeah. for somebody to be like, "Look, I need help." help yeah. Because once it gets past a certain point, people don't even know where to start. Yeah. Like, I mean, it really takes a professional to come in and just completely clean it from wall to wall, like top to bottom. So, completely start over and then it's like oh my gosh like i've literally had people call me like i mean even a month afterwards you know afterward because i don't really say anything afterwards i'll check up on somebody and be like hey just making sure that you were good like everything is still good and mm-hmm. it's very brief conversations like i don't want to ever like intrude on people's lives so when somebody reaches out to me like a month later and they're just like i just wanted to tell you like my entire life is completely changed do you, and, and I'm thinking of like the medical advocacy, and I guess this would go for either legal advocacy or just someone who could help them get the, the services they be, need. Do you meet with resistance from the people that they're going to for help because they feel like you're in, you're intruding, upon intruding on it? On. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they kind of feel a little bit undermined and they feel a little bit challenged. So I would definitely say that I have met a lot of opposition with it, yeah. but also being somebody who, you know, works at the hospital a lot, yeah. um, they've kind of gotten to understand that I'm coming in the door anyways. And you probably are making relationships with those people in that industry. Yeah, because so I have they, absolutely yeah. no other plan than to not only advocate for my client, but to teach you. For the next person who comes people. that may not have an advocate. Yeah, yeah, because you may not know that this person has PTSD, that they have, you know, mm-hmm. and so many other different things that they could potentially be going through. But me as an advocate, I've, I mean, I've been with these clients for so long, mm-hmm. cleaning their houses and all that other stuff that it's like, okay, so I know my client more than you would know my client. So maybe we should check for X, Y, and Z. And of course, you know, they don't want you to sit there and try to diagnose whatever because you're not the doctor or you're not the nurse. But it's like, I'm sorry, everybody has WebMD and we've all (laughs) lived a life. Oh, they hate that. You know, they they really do. But I've literally sat there and watched them literally look things up on WebMD while we're sitting there trying to have a conversation. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm very intuitive when it comes to what somebody's potentially going through. Yeah you know, medically, just because I've seen so much. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to just kind of like knock some things off the list really quick and be like, okay, but maybe we should focus on this, you know, first. Well, I mostly hear when it comes to doctors, I mostly hear, well, let's try this or let's try that. And, and even though that's appreciated, there are some things, like you said, that could be knocked off the list rather quickly if we just look at some stats or some records. And and when, when they, they like to use, Let's try. Like, my patient's not a guinea pig. Well, they call it a practice. Yeah. Medical practice. They're practicing. But if I'm sitting here <laughs> versing you and how yeah. much I know my client, sure. like, oh, can we check for a stroke? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was a stroke. Sure. Like, well. Okay. So, yeah. hmm, interesting. Yeah. That, that's kind of interesting that I would, you know, say that him being kind of incoherent would potentially be a stroke but see you don't see the stress that i've seen for the past three months are there advocates are you able to advocate for somebody who just maybe they have a a typical 
want to say typical, but some sort of a medical issue that they have to go to the hospital a lot for or go to a particular doctor a lot for, but just have developed an anxiety about it because they don't feel empowered. Um, are they able to reach out to, to an advocate to find an advocate who will come with them and help them communicate clearly to a doctor? Because even I have been in situations where my doctor will say, well, you're here for this right now. Let's just worry about that. I understand mm -hmm. you're dealing with this issue. I'm not too concerned about that. So we can do that in six months or whatever, or three months when I see you again. And there's a lot of times I feel like, no, I'm literally having a problem like right now. And right we're now. sitting face to face. And even though I understand a doctor in a family practice medicine, I guess you could say, just has to get this done. And then go to the next person. I've got so many people in a day that I've got to deal with. Would an advocate be able to help kind of zero all that down or? So an advocate, I mean, you don't even have to really be licensed or anything to be an advocate. You yeah. Know? You could be someone's like you mom. You literally be just be somebody who has already studied all your symptoms and has already like known you for a while. And you could literally just be like, Hey, I need somebody to sit in here because they're, they're going to, you know, I don't want to say, bully you but they're gonna like put their superior title yeah. over you as the patient um and be like yeah well these are the standards these are the rules this is blah 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 and this like, is what we commonly do for situations when it comes across and then our path. you know basically yeah. just kind of like blow you off yeah they want to get done and so having, that's what i sense anyway. like something you know someone who is passionate about you know you getting the services that you need but i mean they're out there i mean i haven't really met too many of us yeah but being a natural born advocate i don't mind advocating for people in, in any situation so if i'm just like any of my friends like if, if they're going to a doctor's appointment like some of them will be like hey can you just go with me yeah yeah exactly. i have zero problem speaking that's out. exactly zero I problem think what I was even when i was like because i know what what it's like like I, you know i gave birth to three kids yeah so it's like they put a doctor in there and they put a nurse in there and like these are your people Mm -hmm. And I would literally be like, you're not my nurse. Like, yeah, go get yeah. me a new nurse because you're yep. a bitch and I'm just good. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm really nice to people. I'm a bitch, you're people. a bitch, but you can't be in here if I'm a bitch. The thing so. <laughs> is, is that, like, it's my personal, like, experience. Yes. I'm bringing my baby to the world. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I mean, they've told me horror stories about their nurses and their, their doctors or people that have just been horrible. And I'm like, no, I kicked them out of the room before that ever gets yeah, to that yeah. point. Most people don't and even I know they can do that. And yeah. I think that that comes with me learning through life, like how to set some hard boundaries with people yeah. um, and how to advocate for myself. And so I think it's important that people learn how to advocate for themselves. Like even before like reaching out to an advocate, like how, how can we learn how to advocate for ourselves? How can we learn how to be that strong voice that we need to in, in times when we don't feel like that? Yeah. Like it, it's pushing through that and being like, you know what? No, yeah. being assertive. Being like, sorry, but I'm standing right here and I'm not leaving until X, Y, and Z. Like, not being a bitch about it, but just straight up, I'm sorry. But I know otherwise you're caring, that I'm right? a human being yeah. and you're not treating me like one. And that's the thing is, like, we're not, like, going over the top or anything like that. You know, like, acting out, screaming, yelling, anything mm -hmm. extra like right. that. We're, we're literally just standing our ground as human beings and being yeah. like, I'm sorry, but like, you're the one who went to school to get the title. I have to come to you yeah. and I need this help and you're running me around in circles and I'm not feeling like I'm getting the support that I need. Right. And don't get offended if I say that because we all as business owners get 
you know, feedback from we people. Get fe- we, we get, get lots we get of quote feedback. unquote feedback in in our job. We get yeah. lots of feedback. <laughs> yeah. So it's like either you graciously accept the feedback and you, you know, make different choices to act on behalf of your patient, or you're just doing it for money, mm-hmm. and you you went to school for a title to be cool, and that's literally what it is. I mean, I grew up watching and reading, you know, like Dr. Quinn, the medicine woman, like those are the types of things that I grew up, you know, listening to. And it's like, they actually have a heart for people. Like they just can't even breathe without, you know, all of their patients being 100%. Do you feel like you would have seen it differently if you hadn't been watching Dr. Medicine Woman, but you were watching say house, would you have maybe seen the, the industry differently? Um, I mean, if you look at this generation and how they view things, then Maybe. probably. Yeah. That's interesting that you brought up Medicine Woman because it was a very compassionate show. Yeah. And House is more of a... Well, he's a prick. Yeah, but <laughs> but not just that he's a prick. He lacked compassion, yeah. but he got the job done, right? And complete not Medicine Woman. You know, yeah. she showed compassion and got the job done. How fucking fascinating is that? Yeah, just yeah. The, the really the power of the the empathetic feminine yeah. is something else. It really is. Hmm. Did you have any questions? No. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that someone commented that you advocate even for people that probably don't deserve it. And there was a story and when we were pre-gaming, you were starting to tell us a story about uh, a guy who brought was harassing you in the coffee shop that you ran at the time. What was that experience like? You know, so we came into the coffee shop and I was talking to a couple of other customers and, you know, we had great coffee to offer and we had like the, the movie playing of like everything that the whole coffee farm was about. And so I was trying to explain to them what was going on and I'm the only person working. So I was like, can you just give me a few seconds? Like, um, and I'll be with you in a minute. He's like, no, fuck you. And I was okay. like, okay, zero to 100. All yep. right, we can, let's do this. And I mean, you weren't short and fucking flip-flops. So I have no idea what he thought was going to happen. But either way. Chasing you would be hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I was wearing heels. I was. I was wearing oh, heels that day, okay. too. So, I mean, I'm dressed fancy looking like I'm not going to hurt nobody. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, I mean, that's probably why he did what he did. But yeah. Either way, so that that's that happened, and I was like, okay, well, I opened the door since I was standing next to it, and I was like, well, now you can leave because I'm not going to serve right. because it's just, you know, I'm just not going to have that. He's like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to blow this place up. <laughs> okay, so I shut the door, and I was like, well, actually, that's not what's going to happen. You're going to sit your ass down, and you're going to wait to be trespassed because I'm calling the police, you know, and you better keep your hands to yourself until they get here. And... That of course, that's triggered. not. Yeah, yeah, it literally, as soon as I said it, I was like, okay, well, he's not going to fucking do that. Yeah. And so he shoved me up against the door really hard. And then I just, that was the opportunity I was looking mm-hmm. for my whole life, you know? <laughs> Every ounce of trauma was like, oh, okay, you wanted that? <laughs> Finally, somebody's asking for it. Like, you know, everyone else just kind of wants to, you know, say things. So for him, I was like, oh, we're taking action. Okay. Yeah. So um, he broke his face, you know, opened the door and threw him outside. And yeah. I mean, things just continued to escalate, you know, from there on his end. And, yeah. You know, earning him more. But I mean, you, know. you tried to dissuade him, and he persisted. Yes, so, yeah. I was very much like being the calm person, and I think from being a bouncer too, and mm. you know, doing some Muay Thai, I just kind of 
kind of let people do their own raging thing and yeah. stay in their own energy. Mm-hmm. And I just try to stay in mine. True. Cause uh, there's it's a not lot really of people trying you. to get in your head. Yeah. yeah Cause honestly, mm-hmm. that's what it, you know, yeah, it's from the second I, you know, his fuck you had nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. just, you know, it's some like, you cute little coffee girl this, that yeah. he just decided to have a problem with. Yeah. And you know, it was the wrong person. Yeah. And you know, he found out. Well, it turned out it was the right person if you yeah. helped him. I just felt the need to really pursue this as a case of justice. You know, usually I'd be like, I just don't want to deal with this. Just let, you know, courts decide. But with this situation, I was like, you know what? No, because I just lost everything that I built. Yeah. But this was my dream job. This was my dream position. This was, I mean, I was going places with it. Mm -hmm. I have a whole menu I created. Right. I had an entire like community of people that were like, oh my gosh, this was so amazing. You were part of this business. It was you. Yeah, Yeah. Thank you so much for, you know, opening this during like the time that we needed it the most. You know, Mm -hmm. COVID was a time when, um, you know, a lot of people were separated and the coffee shop was something that brought so many people together and like the conversations that people would have, which is so amazing. Just like literally everything a community would be. And so I felt like even though I couldn't be there anymore for, you know, my customer safety, I could still advocate in the streets, you know. And so I went out there and uh, pursued justice with this situation and continued going to court dates. You know, every time he would go to jail, he would be released like the next day. Like Mm -hmm. we have a problem, you know, like and we can't be feel safe out in the streets and I can't go get another job because I might get stalked there too. Yeah. It used to be that somebody was deemed incompetent for court like once a year. And now it's happening like 20 times a month. Yeah. So now all these poor victims here in town are sitting here with their perpetrators and nobody's doing anything. And so that kind of, you know, empowered a decision to fight not only just for you know me but like proper justice like this man needs help so he needs to be able to be evaluated like you're denying him the opportunity the opportunity to get the help that he needs and so i was able to turn the situation into something where he was the very first person that my um prosecuting attorney had seen actually be pushed into getting the help that he needs. Cause they had already denied, 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 and they were just going to dismiss the whole case. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was not having it. Yeah. Cause you're going to see, it I again. called everybody. Yeah. And I was like, let me just tell you who I am. What's about to go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, they ended up putting him through uh, everything that he needed to go through his evaluations and, and, you know, getting that support that he needed. And um, they de- they ended up deeming him competent for a court, so he was oh, able okay. to show up, and he was able to you know do what he needed to do in the courtroom, and and you know you know that just shows too as far as my advocacy goes. Yeah. That's to a guy who probably didn't deserve it, but you helped him. Yeah, but you're right. Get it? The person just being uh, shoved back out on the street is not helpful to a no. community. No, no, and I think regardless of whether I helped him or not. <laughs> You, you know, he, he, he'll, he'll think twice about just thinking that some yeah. girl is just some, some girl. Hopefully. There's a <laughs> lot of people I, who just I mean, I, I, I laid him out pretty good. Yeah. So. Well, I figure I would always get one hit in oh, before I, I would get destroyed. I'd get one good pop. Maybe well, even I, I always, I always let them, you know, hit first. I'm, I'm not going to jail. Yeah. Right. Right. So I always let everybody do their thing first. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I'm confident. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confident in the fact that you know. Yeah. Well, Christina, 
it was a joy having you here. And I, the reason I knew her was because uh, she requested a, one of my books, the cartoon book, uh, Taxi David, uh, Too Much to Handle, to be in the coffee shop. Yeah. Yes, and people loved it. Yes. Um, some people loved it. Some people were like, what the fuck is this? Uh -huh. um, but it, it, people were stealing it. <laughs> yeah, that made me happy. I mean, she messaged me so sad. So I'm so sorry, but it was stolen. <laughs> I couldn't be more happy. Right. That my stuff is... Your response was so, like, yes. I was shocked. Yes. I was like, oh, no. Like, yes. Oh, she's trying to get so a second upset. book. <laughs> no, that is wonderful that somebody stole the book. Some My shit was valuable enough that somebody wanted to take it. <laughs> Not just once, like, three yeah. different times. That's yeah, awesome. That, that makes me happy. Yep. And, makes me happy. Um, yeah, honestly... I've had lighters stolen, but I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> no, right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but this was his art, you know? So yeah, he's yeah. taking that home. Someone and said, holy shit, I like know, this. I want it's this. It's their new, uh, what is it, Uncle John's bathroom reader? Is that yeah, what it is? That's, sure. that's their new bathroom reader. So I've we had it in the bathroom as well. Yep. I encourage Because it's like one of those things where you don't need to, um, you know, follow the whole book. Like you can right. literally just open it up to one page. Yep. And, it's like your Garfield. And get your little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you've always had interesting stories. I follow you on Facebook, you know, uh, about your advocacy. And that was something that was very interesting. So I'm glad we got an opportunity to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things you mentioned when, when you came on is that you have a music video that's dropping um, the the song is already out what was the name of the song rubber band war rubber band war and the music video for that comes out in just on what uh two, two days. days yeah, yeah so two days on, on valentine's day which so, will be two weeks ago when you hear this episode yeah, <laughs> yeah uh so check it out rubber band war and that'll be on youtube i imagine yes yeah. um i believe it'll be on vivo probably by the time this drops it takes a little bit longer to get on vivo okay um there's a few places that it will be i don't really remember where yeah. what is uh rubber band wars uh about so i was sitting there with zach garner sound kitchen just kind of coming up with a bunch of different things and you know he was on his guitar hitting something we we're trying to find something acoustic and he just hit this beautiful gorgeous little riff like what is that i want that mm -hmm. and so i just started going through all of my notes and i found this one little phrase it just said rubber band war mm -hmm. and i remember it from you know like a year prior of like wondering like should i go back into this relationship should i not like should i stay uh, what should i do and it was just kind of felt like i was being torn like in so many different ways and so for me it was like this rubber band war so that's what i wrote and that's kind of how it came to life just like right there we just wrote the song on the spot and well, very cool. Heard it first here? Probably not. <laughs> any right. other uh, links you want to mention? Yeah, any uh, links? If anyone needs an advocate, where can they go if they think they might need help or an advocate? Or So Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault Services has a 24-hour um, hotline that you can call at any point. Okay. Um, number is 1-877-715-1563. Okay. Um, can also text them call at that same number you yeah, can text you that can, number you can call them you can text them i mean obviously if you're in an emergency situation you know call 911 sure sure and that's our safe spot is the hospital okay. so if you can just find your way so to the if hospital. you could call taxi david and be like hey <laughs> i'd be like who is this i don't know you bye <laughs> <laughs> i need immediate assistance you could say but, christina says yes mm -hmm. Take me to the hospital. Actually, I would do that. Right if that, sure. I heard yeah. that if I heard that, I would do that instantly. I would as well. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. fact, you know, because I work on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 
if something comes across your path genuinely and you think I need to get this person here, but I'm not available and it's one in the morning and yeah, yeah definitely say, David, I have somebody who needs to go to the hospital. I got you. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, thank, yeah. thank you for that. Cause I was going to kind of bring that up too. Too easy to are, do. Too are, easy to do. And you would get do. paid for it. So we, oh no, no, no. That's but we not are the contracted thing. Yeah. with yellow cab as well. Okay. So well, that's then, a yeah. contract. That Screw those guys. Have. <laughs> Never mind. Throw it to so yellow. I'm just saying like, I would love to, to support a more local business. Yeah. You know, and, and to also well, just... yellow really needs it. So. Yeah, and they are local, <laughs> and they are local. Yeah, but yeah, even if because you know they're spread thin at night, sure as well. If, so yeah, if they can't get to it in time, and you think someone needs to get there quicker, yeah, you call David or me. Yeah. So. Well, that was for me always the plan, anyways. Okay. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna be like, hey, that's great. I had, um, I had somebody call just for cat food. She didn't know what to do. She was leaving the yeah. next morning, Aww. and she goes, "Can you just get me some cat food?" Yeah. My cat or a cat that she was taking care of in the building. She didn't know whose it was. But she's panicking, and all she could think of was, "Call David, sure, can he give me some cat yeah. food?" Yeah, so definitely, superhero. Over yeah, here. yeah. Um, so we got that phone number for that. Is there any other anything, Thomas? You can put these in the in the show notes, yeah. right? So if yeah, you're so listening have... and you don't remember what the numbers were, that's fine. It's and you don't right. know how to hit rewind, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all in the show. This will all be in the show notes as yeah. well. Yeah, in my link tree, I think will probably yeah. be in there as absolutely. well. Absolutely, link tree. Kind of link tree. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. This guy got a sword. What's he got there? It's a bad, I thought. But you know, you never know out here. You never know. You never know. I actually was walking around here dressed as, as Wonder Woman not that long ago. and um, You were dressed my... as Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah. I came from a Comic-Con. And... You have a... I am Wonder Woman. What <laughs> I was are you gonna talking say, about? I, you have a Wonder Woman, same facial structure and I everything. I am Wonder Woman. Yeah. I don't know why people... But anyways, people were literally like, oh, my God, she looks like Wonder Woman. You do, yeah. Whoa. Who is she? Are you talking oh about God. the TV show yeah, uh, with yeah. Linda Carter? And I actually, because I've been wearing it for so long and I was just like late for somebody's birthday that I didn't yeah. realize like I was even walking like her. I was like on a fucking mission and I completely forgot I was wearing Wonder Woman outfit. <laughs> Here I am just gladiatoring my way through. I always, yeah, I always I'm forget like, that I'm wearing Wonder oh, Woman underwear. Oh, so. But nobody sees that. <laughs> I always forget I'm wearing your mom's underwear. Hey. Oh, so, Thomas, that there. leads us into, uh, towards the end of the Hey, program. how you doing? Hey, hey. Vinny. Yo. Hey, uh, so you got a joke, Mr. I Joker over joke. here? I uh, have a story about a guy who went into a bar with his monkey. God. So, the guy sits down at the bar, has a drink, his monkey's in there, and all of a sudden, the monkey starts going wild, and he reaches over and grabs cherries out of the little bin, and eats all the cherries, and reaches in and grabs the limes, and, and runs over to the pool table, and and starts swallowing a, a cue ball. He swallows a cue ball, and the, and the bartender's like, hey, 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 you need to take care of your monkey. Look at all this damage he's causing. And the guy sitting at the bar goes, you're right, you're right. Here, let me pay for the, the billiard ball and, 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 the, and the fruit and everything. And so they leave. <clears throat> and the, three weeks later, the guy comes back in with his monkey. Monkey's in there, starts to go crazy, reaches over the cherries, and he sticks the cherry up his butt. And then he eats it. And he, <laughs> then he reaches over and, and grabs a lime and sticks it up his butt. And then he, he, he uh, eats it. Uh-huh. And the bartender goes, that's the same monkey you had last time, right? And the guy goes, yeah. He goes, well, he didn't stick his stuff up his butt before he ate it last time. And, he get, and the guy goes, yeah, well, ever since he passed that fucking pool ball, he checks to make sure it's going to fit first. <laughs> uh, all right. So, <laughs> always, always check the size of whatever you eat. Yep. <laughs> oh, Jesus Lord, help us. 
I guess, you know, that's something to think about. The monkey learned a lesson, <laughs> right? Said, I don't want to think about yeah. it. I think I'm good. I'm never going to eat a billiard ball. All right. Well, have a good night, everybody. Thank you for, again, Christina, for being here. Yeah, good show, thank you Toby so much Keith. For me on here. Stay positive, kids. Oh, Toby Keith. Oh. Thanks for coming along with us on That Taxi Podcast. We'll be back next week with a whole new episode, and you can find us on Spotify or wherever you download your podcasts. Wherever you download this podcast. Oh, right. Sorry. We want your thoughts, ideas, and feedback on today's episode. So please contact us, and we really do want you to contact us at thattaxipodcast.com, at Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. See you next week. See you next week.